This podcast is brought to you by the letter C, which stands for cannabis, but not Chris. That starts with a K. That's right. You are listening to nothing other than Canisations with Chris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Canisations. And I am your boy, Chris Brown, the host, the man himself. And I have, uh, I want to say, it, y'all are the first family that I've had together first duo first yeah the first duo yeah um family owned uh and also with that being said i it's not that big okay but i kind of took a shot with to posting your the thing after i smoked it's like let me see if i can get them on the podcast this way it's kind of like you know what i'm saying we'd have been on it anyways yeah (laughs) well i just i'm trying to use social media more yeah you know what i'm saying and and reaching out i know especially i got like three of them you know what i'm saying yeah you got to maintain all these pages yeah yeah and i can't Barely maintain myself. Somebody be like, "Did you get that message?" And you're like, "Well, how did you send it? Where'd you send it?" Yeah, exactly. You send an email. So, well, look. With, without further ado, I have uh, the owners of Highly Rooted Cannabis, Troy and Michelle Chapman. So, hey, man, thank y'all for coming out. I greatly appreciate it in this. I'm gonna say wonderful weather. Yeah, it's, fi- it, it, it's finally here. You know what I'm saying? It took long enough, but you know it's here. As long as it's not snowing in June, I'm all right. But I mean, with it coming so late, I'm good with it. Unless <laughs> I got to move around my house. That's true. That's true. I'm good with it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, just to let y'all know what we're gonna be doing on this podcast, we're gonna be talking a little business, what people are doing in the community on this podcast. I like to bring everybody on from seed to sale and talk about the positive stuff that they're doing in the community, the things they got going on and how they got here. So uh, speaking of that, won't y'all tell us a little bit? You want to start, Michelle? I mean, about, ladies, us? about y'all. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're Troy, Michelle Chapman. Um, we started Highly Rooted um, with the whole intentions of funding the Vermont Cannabis Care Network. It's definitely been a very interesting experience so far and um i'm thrilled with the amount of people we've already been able to help and we will be able to help um we started officially in december with highly rooted and our products are in quite a few retailers around the state um and we're just you know getting started very yeah. excited to see what the vermont cannabis scene has for us yeah it's gonna be, it's awesome like i don't i don't the the just the i met y'all at uh Cambridge County Cambridge yeah. um down the street. Yep. Uh and Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna be coming on here soon. I gotta re you know, we gotta link up. We got all but of our friends. That's it, man. <laughs> and, Every, everybody's and, busy and it's it's funny because everybody talks about lazy stoners, but like Caleb said, it's real hard to get us on these things, it's isn't hard. it? Yeah. Yeah, we're busy. Everybody people. got things to do. Up early, working up, late nights, the that's whole deal. It. The lazy stoner doing yeah. all the work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's awesome because I mean, I'm 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 a voiceover artist by trade, and the thing about it is, uh, I was trying to get into this to be the voice of cannabis in Vermont. And as I got in, and everybody was like, "Yeah, absolutely," and then find out it's all illegal. But then I shifted my view to bring start this podcast, and everybody was like, "Absolutely!" So at the same time, I was so happy that everybody was so supportive. But at the same time, everybody's so busy. Oh yeah, you know, and sure. everybody's scattered out throughout the uh, throughout everywhere. You know what I'm saying? 
and being the voiceover thing didn't work out, but it gave you an opportunity to build a lot of uh, exactly. resources for for the podcast. Exactly. You, you met a lot of people. <laughs> and still, even like I said, I went over the Mola County Cannabis and I met two other people there. Yep. And they're going they're just more guests. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. So uh, what's the idea behind Highly Rooted? Well, so we make edibles and topicals and pre-rolled joints. We have started making pre-rolls for other companies with their flour. Um, we've gotten pretty good at it, I'd say. So, you know, we're helping out other growers. Um, we will be starting to um, play around with hash and hash rosin soon. That's the uh, next experience that we're working on. Um and then we're growers as well. Well, I'm not. I have a black thumb. I don't touch the plants. <laughs> the black thumb. Yes. No, <laughs> Troy is the grower. I order everything and I do all the compliance paperwork, but I do not do the actual growing. That is all. Hey, that sounds familiar. <laughs> like my, my household. I do all the, she do all the paperwork and I'll do all the manual labor. <laughs> I, I was telling our employees the other day, like, I, I hope she's not down with her, her uh, back problem too long because i i can't do all this paperwork stuff <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> she she can tell me how to do it but i still don't think i can i can pull it off as well as she can so. y'all just grow exclusively sun grown right now yes yeah. uh we're gonna hopefully be transitioning our license into uh an indoor cultivation to try to maximize the uh the quality and the the best experience that we can give customers yeah, year round yeah year round yeah that's the one thing is the, the the season is so short in Vermont. You know what I'm saying? I met a guy um, who does, um, oh man, I can't remember the name of it, but he gets two grows out of a season, uh, light deprivation. Yeah, uh, light depths. Yeah. So and it's and 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 that we want, well, I had rolled this for us. I've got joints. I, I see. I am <laughs> prepared. I, and I greatly appreciate that. But this is I grew I grow ish as well <laughs> ish so so last year not this past year but last year i threw everything in the ground and i lost out of 30 plants i lost 26 of them to bud rot and i it was my first time growing on that larger scale and i didn't know what i was doing and come to find out it's just this is just a, a basically a pond here you know what i'm saying so i threw everything in the in the uh, pots this year. And I was a little bit more successful. I definitely can't. I mean, I still lost a little bit because, you know, it's still learning. I got to figure out the trimming and the newts and everything. But like, I'm, it's it's a it's a process to grow outside. And in this climate, like one of the biggest things that I always tell people is like pick genetics that are going to be short season. All the stuff that we did sun grown this year was done by like the middle of September. Oh wow! So I hardly saw any bud rot at all in in our entire field. I had maybe three or four spots of it. Oh wow! Because everything was out by the time the weather started getting wonky. And it's I'm you know there's lots of um, genetics that people wanted to grow. Like everybody wants to grow runts or like peanut butter breath. You know there, there's a lot of like really popular name strains, but that just will not do well in our climate. Yeah. Um. I was there was. I met a guy who had a strain that it like it was bred specifically to grow in Vermont and it grew until like the end of October begin. Yeah. End of October. And it can handle hard frost. It's hard. And we went out there and seen it and it had like those, the frost on it and stuff and went out there later on and I watched it for like three days and 
Nothing ever happened. It just bounced back. Big old beefy nugs. There's definitely stuff out here that's that's made to grow here. The best thing to do is find growers that have been doing it here for a long time. Because yeah. those are going to be the guys that, that will have genetics that do well. Yeah, yeah. Because they've, they've been doing it. Like uh, Mother of Berries is a really popular one just because of how strong it is. And it's because it was bred in Maine. Mm. So it's it's even more of a cold climate strain. And it can really take a serious frost like... I've seen mother berries with snow on it, and it was fine. That's crazy. I had uh, the plants that I was growing this year. I was throwing plastic bags over them when we had that one week of like frost. You know what I'm saying? So uh, they, that mean, you know, they came. I got a few going in my basement. You know that I'm, I'm learning. You know, everything is. I don't expect much out of my first year. You know, but I mean, with the things that I'm learning now, can definitely. The losses I'm taking now is definitely going to be gains for it's the future. Lessons, not losses. Le- Ooh, yes, lessons, like not that. losses. Ooh. And you do have a wonderful resource. And I'm sure Nick is amazing. Yes. Emerald Visions, Nick, you know, yeah. oh, he's God. amazing. So if you have questions between him and Troy, yeah. he'll take care of you. I, uh, I, I, I think I asked Nick once when he came, but Chris. Chris Chabot. Yes, he's a That's, good grower as well. Look, let me tell you, he came over and he was looking at my plants and he was like. Breaking it down for you. This one is what's wrong with this one. This one is wrong. This is what you need to do with this one. You need to do this. And check this out. But this one you could do. And I was like, man. And then he was telling me how like it's a love language. It's like you got to listen to the plants. The plants will tell you what's oh, wrong. Yeah. How like in veg, you could tell the problem from the top to the bottom. And for in sure. flower, it's vice versa, bottom to the top. It was like a whole, it's crazy. I've been doing this for years now, and every week I'm still reading and learning. Um, Ed Rosenthal is a grower from the 70s, and he is famously quoted as saying that uh, smoking cannabis isn't addictive, but growing it is. Oh. And I caught the bug. Like, I really, I, I got into it. I've tried every type of cultivation. I've done soil, hydroponic, living soil. Cocoa. I've I've literally tried it all. What was what was your best outcome out of all of that for uh, for my knowledge? Uh I would say that there's a lot of different options for people and it's more about what you can do. Um, if you have time constraints, there's di- different things like living soil is great because it provides all the nutrition in the soil. You don't have to you're feed not it. adding fertilizer. Ah, uh, okay. You know, if you don't have time to water a lot, hydroponics was great because I just took care of it like once a week. Yeah. And and the yields were great. And quick. Very quick. Yeah. It cuts like two weeks out of the veg time too because they grow so much faster. You get explosive growth. That was my first grow I tried was hydroponic. It's difficult. It That's a hard one to start it, with. Oh, yeah, my God. It was, it was, <laughs> everything I'm glad you died. didn't get discouraged, though. I'm I really didn't. glad you did I, I just knew that I was like, you know what? And that's the way I thought. I was like, you know what? It's This was a big feat to start with. So maybe I should figure out how to do it in the ground first and then figure out the lights and then, you know. It's a lot cheaper to uh, play with than yes, it is, it is. in the basement. Yeah. I didn't understand that. when <laughs> Hydroponics is like chemistry yeah you know it, it it's really all there's a lot more to it and nick from emerald visions we were talking about it and he's like man i tried that years ago too and it was a huge failure uh-huh. he's like I, I had i had roots growing in places that were plugging up pumps and all kinds of crazy stuff uh-huh. and i was like yeah i mean it, it takes time it's not easy but you know when the laws came out here in the state they basically said that if i was going to grow hydroponically i had to pay someone to come and take the water from me I couldn't just pour it down the drain because of all the trace 
nutrients and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So I shifted gears. I was like, okay, well, if they're going to do that to the hydroponic growers, they're going to make it more difficult for us to grow that. Then I'm going to change my style. And that's when I started growing in cocoa. Mm. It's basically a mix of the two. It's similar to soil, but has the same attributes of hydroponics. You get very fast growth. Um, you get almost no bugs because it's there's no soil, which yeah, is yeah. where they need places to lay their eggs and stuff like that. Yeah, it, yeah. So it, it, it's been a, a, a learning process for sure. And I, I've got it dialed in and it's it's going great. I can't wait to really put together a full room and bring some fire to the market. Right. What made y'all start Highly Rooted? And is there anything behind the name? Um. Well, Troy came up with the name. Um, we're big... Uh, grassroots fans and it uh-huh. kind of came the rooted came from the um the g sprout from uh-huh. all in a grassroots and what looks like a sprout from like what a cannabis sprout looks like let me just show you how it pops out the ground yeah okay. and that kind of if that makes sense that kind of started it and um the fact that we were you know rooted and i'm not a native vermonter but i mean I'm, from? I'm from virginia but you better, oh, wait 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 excuse me I know you're Chris Brown, Tappahannock. <laughs> <laughs> See, I used to run that game for a while, and then he messed it all up, and I was like, "Nah, my now name is Chris with a K." <laughs> yeah, now we're embarrassed to say that Chris Brown's from Virginia. Sorry, Where you, from? you from Tappahannock? No, I'm from Richmond, but you oh, know, okay. that's in my opinion, like Virginia really only exists the eastern side of it. Like, that's it. The western. No. Once you get to hey, we don't, we really. don't mess with them West Virginians. <laughs> we ain't. Nah, that ain't us, man. When we met, I was living in augusta county i, I was almost i was near west virginia <laughs> i was near there hey you was getting the remnants of west virginia yeah, I, I was in the blue ridge i, I was right there uh, i remember going to west virginia my mother was like she look <laughs> don't be staring at nobody and i'm like what, what do you mean and then i went to west virginia and i was like oh Okay, I got you. <laughs> it's hard you not know? to stare with all these weirdos around. My <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, so Virginia. Yeah, I love Virginia, but I love Vermont so much. It, ain't I've it the same? Ain't it basically like not? No, I, not the same. I don't. Nah, you're in Richmond. That was a different. Yeah. It's very inner city. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it was very, um, very populated where I lived. Very populated, yeah, and then yeah. you know, even I lived in the suburbs of it, but still, everything you did was downtown. Um, Richmond, so it was very different to come up here, but I absolutely love it. Awesome. I like to visit. Um, we have a timeshare down there that's 45 minutes outside of Richmond, so we stay there and go and see everyone. Yeah, um, yeah. My friends come out there, family. Um, but I absolutely love the state. I was baptized with maple syrup, basically. <laughs> um, I married into it. Yeah, I, I was born and raised here, so yeah, yeah. this has been home. Like I, I left as a teenager, lived on the West Coast in Seattle for a while. Ended up in Virginia, and then um, as my nieces and nephews started to get older and stuff, it was like, all right, I think it's time to go home. I got, I got, got pretty much my whole family. Like, I'm the typical Vermonter. Like, pretty much nobody left. Yo, you know, (laughs) I'm not. That's the one thing when I've met Vermonters, they've been like, and even like I even see the younger generation of, ah, man, I'm tired of Vermont. I grew up here. I want to go somewhere, and then they go somewhere. And they come right back. <laughs> the grass isn't always greener. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I tell her. So I try to tell my daughter. She's like, I'm moving to Los Angeles. And oh, I'm going to live in the city. And I'm like, you'll be back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's real nice. It's, and, it's the, and that was the one thing I kind of like about Virginia. I'm from Martinsville. And Martinsville at the bottom. Seriously? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, how ironic. <laughs> what? 
Is that a good thing? No, it's just ironic you're from Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah, I always yeah. randomly meet people up here that are from Virginia, and it's just an odd thing. You know, like it's, like you said, it is kind of like Vermont, especially because it's the V state, so it's... We're the only V state. Yeah. It's, it's green, and the only thing that I... Th- it's it's mountainy. Yeah. People and, are closed-minded in different ways. Exactly. <laughs> oh, They're still closed-minded yes. here. Hey, yeah. <laughs> just in different uh, ways. Absolutely. I didn't say none That's of that. I, I was talking you. about the visuals and <laughs> the living aspect. Yeah. People is... Yeah. That's a different story. That's a lot but of the reason why I would never move back. I would I wouldn't move back. Yeah. It's oh my god, the people, yeah. and the environment of it, and just like it, Vermont. I, I live there. near uh, the speedway. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I live directly by the speedway. Yeah, I worked at the Winn Dixie across from the speedway. Oh, Win Dixie. Yeah. Hey man, I know certain things that with with Virginia, with people down south, especially where you from yeah. or where we're from. Yeah, when I was fourteen, that was one of my first jobs. I lived in Florida. Win Dixie. Yeah. Yep, that was my first job. Stocking shelves at Win Dixie. <laughs> I was a bagger. <laughs> I try. I remember one time I was trying to a dude stole some meat, and <laughs> for some reason I went to chase him down like I wanted to be the hero. And the manager, she, I remember she had big, big hair. hair. Yeah, huge <laughs> hair. And she jumped in front of me. And she was like, Chris, what the hell are you doing? You don't chase nobody down. And I was like, but he stole. She was like, so, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, man, Winn-Dixie. That was... My uncle managed one when he was younger as well. That's really funny. That's crazy. Do you know about U-Crops from crops. Richmond? Yeah. They were a grocery store, but they also have a bakery and whatnot. Uh, you're, if you're not, I guess, from that area, you wouldn't know. They have got just, uh, they're the best. Absolutely well, best. That, that is, a, I guess, more of a Richmond thing. Yeah, we <laughs> had Hash Tita, which oh, was a yes. grocery store. And then had the uh, the little bakery section. My mother used to run it. Oh, so that's, that's awesome. the that was that's why I remember like she used to bring home all types of oh <laughs> man I couldn't wait till Tuesday they started making stuff I she used to come home with bundles and I'm like let's go. <laughs> what do you think about Virginia legalizing? Isn't it amazing? It is I do, but I know a lot of people that has been affected by. <laughs> you, know, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, All hands went up. Yeah. <laughs> but I know a lot of people that was affected by cannabis and getting locked up for it. So I'm interested to see how it's going to play for them. Because I know in Vermont, they if you were affected by that, then you had the opportunity to get a, a license. Uh, is, is that right? So no. Well, no. <laughs> it, uh, but I actually spoke with Vermont, uh, Virginia Normal, uh-huh. Vermont Normal, shout out to them, hey. um, sent me, uh, got me in contact with them. Um, so misdemeanor possession with intent to distribute records are sealed. There is a process underway to automatically and more deeply seal, expunge these records by seven 125, which I mean, that's kind of a while. The same process will allow for petition-based felony um, possession with intent to distribute by the same date. Essentially, at the moment, you don't have to do anything. Once the process is in place, your husband can petition. So I do need to clarify with her that um, my husband has two felony distributions because she, I guess, misunderstood and thought he had possession with intent to distribute as well. But I have a possession with intent to distribute. He has two distribution charge. They set up with cops and everything for an ounce of weed. Two times. For real? Yeah, I'm a two-time convicted felon in the state of Virginia for uh, an ounce of cannabis. And then uh, when we went to apply for our license here, we're like, all right, well, we're, 
because of the social equity that's written into this bill, me getting in trouble is actually going to work for me. I'm going to get my license fees waived. They said, we didn't do jail time. They said no, because I didn't do any prison time. I copped to what I did and I took the plea deal because I wasn't going to serve any prison time. Paid a bunch of money and, you know, it's community service, all that shit. Mine was the same way. I got out on a PR bond, had to pay fees, and that was it. They drug tests for, I had to take like two drug tests over the course of six months. That was it. Yeah, the it state of ridiculous. Vermont said that if you didn't do any actual time in prison, you were not eligible for so- social equity. But if one of your family members did time in prison, you were. And I'm like, well, so so somebody's uncle got in trouble for weed 30 years ago, did a weekend <laughs> in jail, and they're getting waived. I'm a felon for the rest of my life. Like, I personally have been affected negatively by cannabis prohibition. He couldn't be my caregiver. I so could, we both have The state of Vermont wouldn't let me be a caregiver because of it. But yeah, we don't get to... Yeah. So that's a, just ridiculous. So we paid the whatever. Um, I am going to try to, we just wanted to get the license. So we didn't even try. I mean, to just, you know, but I'm definitely going to try to talk to them this next time for the renewal. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. it's not even the, uh, about the money. It's just the aspect of like, we deserve to get it in the expedited process. Oh, been great. It needs to be, I mean, and, and not playing devil's advocate and not on their side, but it's just beginning. You know, and they need, they're going to have time. They got to have a time to loosen the restraints. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like. It needs to be more of a case by case basis. Exactly. And and less of like, this is how the rule is. Exactly. And that's what I was about to say. But in certain aspects like this. Yeah. Like this is like, this is one of those case by cases. Could have somebody delegated to do that, handle that, discuss that. And make that, okay, this is what, boom. But, damn, that's crazy, man. Well, and, and you know, I don't want to say anything negative about the CCB at all. I, that wasn't at all what the the intent was there because they are one of the only agencies in the state that is tasked with um, creating their own revenue to pay for their employees. So that's uh, why it's been very slow for them to get people on yeah, because yeah, they yeah. had to make the money to actually hire people. Mm. And the ball is moving faster and faster now. The product registration and all that stuff's getting better and better because they have more hands on deck. But at first, it was like three people trying to figure all this stuff out. Yeah. When they crazy. have to follow the laws that were put in front of them, like you said, once they're able to like play with them more and whatnot and justify – but right now they were just trying to pump out licenses, which I get. But it's still the fact that that was just the thing that we he couldn't be my caregiver. Yeah. But yet, um, we don't qualify for social equity. Yeah. So it's just yeah, that's crazy. But we got the license, and that's yeah. what matters. That's why we yeah. got it. We we there's I feel like there's still going to be some beneficialness coming your way because of that. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had similar situations like to that. But then once things was figured out, the strengths were loosened and kind of cupped more people in to yep. bring it to. So. And realistically, at this point, like uh, like she said, you know, we got our license, so like we're good. But I would yeah. really like to see it be more of a case-by-case basis for the small farmer that does, that's really struggling to Facts. figure out how to do it financially. Yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. still a lot of people that want to come to the market, but they just don't know how or they, they don't have the resources. Yeah. Um, and if they want to try to get more of these legacy growers out of the black market, they really have to make it more accessible to them. Yes, they do. Facts. They don't get that. Of course. But that's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome, but it's. I'm glad that y'all were still able to get into the thick of it. You know what I'm saying? Without, you know what I'm saying? But 
Yeah, y'all gonna get that. Well, look, with y'all, if I mean, and I can edit this part out, if, but, but by y'all being a, a, a family, uh, is this something that y'all are doing? Would y'all, and I'm asking this because I have a child, you know what I'm saying? So would y'all introduce y'all's children to this? We don't what? have kids and we don't want kids. Oh, you don't want? Okay. Well. We're not kids people. I would I would say 100% yes, if we did. Yeah. Because I want to see the stigma around consumption and use of cannabis yeah. to go away. Yeah. You know, it, it shouldn't be socially acceptable for people to get wasted on the weekends and come in and talk about it. Mm. But if I talk about how lit I got off this hash rods and I just smoked, everybody's yeah. looking at me like I'm going to hell or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> That's true. You were just yeah. talking about how blacked out drunk you were. You know? I don't even, I woke up with one shoe. Yeah. Oh, family gatherings. And it's yeah. funny. They they think it's great. Like, and I swear to God, that's kind of like the Monday party story. It's like, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, man. I, we, got, yeah. I got smashed. You know what I'm saying? And I used to be one of those guys. Yeah. Like, I used to go out and drink all the time. But, but you would have never said you smoked because it's not and socially And that's what acceptable. I was about to say. It. It was, but I had to go somewhere with this little crew over here to be like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't able to. But, um, yeah, and that's the one thing I've often talked to uh, when I've spoken with, like, older family members. I'm like, it's okay for for me to get drunk, you know what I'm saying? And you know, with drinking, with drinking, it brings out a different you. Of course, you know what I'm saying. I was just it gonna can, say act a fool, but hey, I don't know how you you get when you get wasted. Hey, I, look, I, I can get hey, a little. Look, <laughs> hey, look, I used to get right off that white. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> hey, they used to say that white keep you hype and the brown keep you down. I used to get hype. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? I had to explain it like. uh, like I'm going out drinking, getting ah, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. running down the street with the shirt off and doing yeah. all. I was in the military. We used to do all kinds of crazy shit. But then at the same time, like smoking, like I gotta be in the house. And, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's not socially acceptable. Especially from Virginia. Oh, uh, exactly. Uh, my mother was the same way. I mean, she's she's like I said, she's learned. She sees what I'm doing, and I had to roll a blunt in front of her while we was talking. Just to be like, hey, this is this is it. This is what I'm doing. This is what it does. And this is how I am. Like, I had to smoke it in front of her. And I'm like, I don't change. It ain't like I'm about to go steal your TV and go sell it for a dime bag of weed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like that. But she's 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 loosening her strains and her thoughts. She knows, like, I'm not doing nothing crazy, you know. Michelle's mom went from being very anti-cannabis, like, uh, for instance, she poured bleach all over some plants in, like, the, the late 80s, early 90s, or something that were being grown in a closet by her brother. And then she's from England. So, like, it's wacky-backy over there. Oh, yeah, it's wacky-backy. a no-no. It's a yeah. no-no over there. And then Bible Belt, Virginia. Bible Belt, Virginia. The devil's lettuce. Yep. Don't, you know, she was very much against it. And my hippie uncle, who was, like, you know, carefree, um, you know, guitar player, just, you know, whatever, tried to grow in their apartment in the 80s in Virginia. <laughs> so, like, it was she was worried about the cops, too. But she poured bleach on the plants. <laughs> I mean, like, in my my dad smoked, but my mom always hated it. They've argued over it. My mom hated that he smoked. My mom was so against it and then definitely didn't like it when I started. But with the seizures, she was opened up to it for that. For, and, with, with you? Yes, because oh. I have epilepsy and so does Troy. We oh. both have. And, um, 
And then I have a nausea issue, and which that's why I have ginger ale nonstop. Um, and she, that opened her eyes as well, because I can go from literally horrible throwing up to when I was able to consume. It was like a whole different situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it amazing. Changed you. It literally it helped my body so much. Yeah. And she saw that, and um, it's opened her eyes even more. When I went to college, I learned so much about cannabis and cancer and her mom, my Nana died of cancer and so did her aunt, um, my aunt Jackie. And, um, it, once I was like telling her about it and she did some research, it really opened her eyes. And now she is a hundred percent on board. She's oh, wow. nonstop recommending cannabis. She's nonstop. Getting she works away for with us. Body. Yeah. She works for us. And now she, she's the secret ingredient behind the English toffee. Hey, Oh, so there's the secret. Hey, that is an amazing, that is, see, that's the things that I like to hear. Like all the negative, like how it started and, then that's and that's the thing they have to open their eyes and realize like it's not it's a plan and it's been it's it's been beneficial for years you know what i'm saying so why now is it such a bad thing and look at all the and and then she changed oh man that's crazy she ch- changed her mind completely like complete 180 and then she's working yeah in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> education is the key to enlightenment yeah. and once she was educated she you know saw that um she i got a 98 on my um final math exam and i literally just smoked an entire joint because i was nauseous and got a 98 and it's just like she sees that it doesn't do the reefer madness things the um you know right out in what was it 1937 was the marijuana tax act um when it became illegal and um, all the reefer madness started. Um, it's just, she, you know, believed all of that. And it was just this horrible thing, even though my dad consumed, cause like my parents married. Yeah. Um, and she just, I don't know, education, it really does change people. It's kind of interesting how people from the same generation can have completely opposing ideas on cannabis. Her father who grew up in, uh, DC or Pittsburgh and then lived in DC, Richmond area when he was in his 20s, loved cannabis, consumed it all the time. Mother's almost the same age, completely opposite. Opposite. Thinks it's completely horrible. Yeah. And and like I, I would think for the longest time, like maybe it's just a generational thing. Like they, they just had it beat into their head beat so into hard. Their head, exactly. That it's so bad that they just like, yeah, it's they, gotta be bad. They've it accepted has to be. it. Yeah, it has they've to be accepted bad. it what they've heard. And there's no that is their research, what they were told. Yeah. Like, I, there's no reason for me to know anything else yeah why would i try it i was told that it's horrible i was told that it was bad it was a schedule one drug with heroin and cocaine and that's what i said it to my mama there's no such thing as a heroin tree like or a a cocaine vine you know what i'm saying it has to be built like yeah but this is just seed ground grown years years you know what i'm saying but and and that's the thing about this podcast is I'm trying to change that stigma. You know what I'm saying? I want I want I want to show the positive side of cannabis. You know I have to do that nonstop. So with the VCCN, the majority of the time that people contact us, it is yeah. Can y'all speak about that a little bit? The um, the VCC. So our uh, Vermont Cannabis Care Network. Yeah. Um, and we, so we give free cannabis to cancer patients and. I would say at least 60%, maybe even 75% of the time, it is the daughter, son, granddaughter, grandson, 
you know, someone significantly younger than the person whose mom, grandma was diagnosed and they're hoping that cannabis can help and they're not open-minded to it. Maybe somewhat, but they're not on board. Um, but a lot of times it is just, no, no, I want nothing to do with it. Yeah. So they like warm them up for me and then I speak to them and I've gotten pretty good at it. My, you know, it was definitely at first it was a uh, huge emotional issue because I felt like I was failing at it. Like, you know, I clearly didn't do something right to convince them. Um, so, and I kind of learned from the ones that said no and whatnot. And I've gotten pretty good at educating in a way that they understand and accept. Um, but it's convincing them to try it, educating them on it, answering all their questions. Um, Jesse Lindolin, shout out to her. She's helped me along the way. And she will also speak to her. She does the... Um, Vermont Cannabis um, Nursing Hotline. Yes. Get the free 15 I have her yes. pamphlet laying around. I'm, I'm slowly building my 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 people to get to. She's and I have like famous, I mean, they're not famous, but to me. She's Vermont famous. Yeah. Like, Jesse Lynn Dolan is a, in my opinion, Vermont Cannabis celebrity. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, those are, those. she's she's a goal of mine. She's earned yeah. that position. That's 100%. awesome. I can't wait. Can't she wait. is amazing. And, you know, like we're actually collaborating um, very soon with the cancer patient. I, they wanted me on the call with them yeah. um, because I've spoke to them already, um, which is just amazing that, you know, we can do that together and have that resource as a medical professional. Um, my best friend is a nurse. Um, she is a cardiac. Oh, God, I don't know. She's on ICU trauma, like the top yeah. level. She's on like the rescue team or something like that. When people go into cardiac arrest, the people that'll run into your room and try to bring you back to life and all that. She, she's on the code team, I think is what it's called. But I want to get her to help us. with. It. I would love to be able to bring her up here and um, have her help us with the VCCN and, you know, just be just, you know, help Jesse Lynn as well with the nursing hotline and just whatever she can do. But Jesse Lynn's been huge to, you know, the people in general with cancer, um, assisting me with questions that I have and, um, you know, kind of showing me a way to educate people, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, but I've gotten really good at it. And um, my success rate, I would say, has gone up. But it is convincing them, educating them on it, starting them at a really low dose, an accurate dose. Because that's one of the biggest issues is people try to make RSO. With, well, we make FICO, but most people call it RSO, Rick Simpson oil, on their own. And they have no idea the dose of it. And they get too high. If you already are not open-minded to it and you try it and you get too high, you're never going to try it again. I've had an experience that was horrible. I, I literally hid under my bed for my brother-in-law. Um, it was a disaster. Yeah, no, no, it's funny now. I mean, <laughs> it was horrible. And Troy, yeah, no, thankfully he took care of me. Uh, and I would hate to see that happen to anybody. Yeah. Um, and it has happened to people, you know, and they'll never try it again. Um, but making sure it's accurate for them is the biggest yeah. thing. We get everything tested. And like I said, we've been doing this since 2018. And thankfully, you know, BIA does testing. So we've been able to um, get everything testing and make it as accurate as possible and help a lot of people. Yeah, that's great, man. And that's awesome, especially like donating. Like that's, I mean, I don't, I don't say it like in a bad way, like, but that's unheard of. Like <laughs> donating weed. Yeah. You know well, what I'm we saying? grow and we grow more than we can smoke. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then others started donating their material. Chris, from Freedom Flower. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've had so many growers donate material and yeah. pledge for it in the legal market, but even their home grows. You know, they just donate an ounce of material because they, you know. They want to help. They want to help. That's great. And it's that's a, it's a great cause, a and a lot of people are, like, 
behind us. Now, it 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 would be extremely difficult for us to to pull all this off by ourselves, like yeah. financially, logistically, like all of that stuff is would be almost impossible. We have a lot of people behind us that donate their time or their material to help make it happen because I personally I don't I don't know at this point if there is anybody who hasn't had a friend or a family member affected by cancer. Mm, yeah, I mean my my family's been sad. ravaged. Like I yeah. I've lost like six or seven uncles on one side. Mm. And so it, it was a cause that like a lot of people can get behind because it's like man, I remember seeing so and so um going through it. I have, Even if it didn't directly affect it indirected some a friend. I have a friend in the legal market in Oklahoma and there was a place that he went to breakfast every morning. And um, the woman was going through chemo and she was struggling really bad. And I told him about the FICO and he started making some for her. And um, she's actually in remission now. Oh, that's great. And it was, he said that she was like to the point where she couldn't work anymore and all of her hair had fallen out. Like she was struggling, but she couldn't not work. She had, she had had to to make money. And that was one of the things for us. It was like, man, we have to, try to bridge the gap to help these people. Cause if you have to choose between paying your bills or having medicine, that's not, your odds go down drastically. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just having access. Like in Virginia, it was having access. Access. It, yeah. I mean, you were basically screwed. Yeah. You had to go and, you know, do some really illegal stuff and really risk everything because you know how illegal it is there. I do. And then there's yeah. a three strike state. So if you got caught with a joint three different times, 10 year minimum. What is that? <laughs> a joint. Um, it's not even an eighth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a possession charge. Yeah. And um, it's absolutely ridiculous. But if you're going through cancer, there's, no way that you can, mm. unless you have a, you know, a husband, a great savings or, you know, it, you, are you really going to, you're going to have to dip into your savings for whatever it was or, you know, sell just, whatever it just is. Just to continue to live. Yeah. And most people don't have that option. Most people do not have that option. You can't work during chemo and you shouldn't be able to. I mean, if it was up to me, every single cancer patient, the day they were diagnosed, we would be able to pay their income. Um, until they're done with it. If it was, I mean, they shouldn't have to. The emotional toll of it and then the physical toll of it, uh, absolutely ridiculous that to be able to, like Troy said, choose between medicine and your chance to, you know, your place to live. Um, And it's, with all of us coming together, it's not that bad. And like Troy said, it's not just the donating a flower from other people. It's the helping the questions answered, the help with logistics, the, oh, I'll do that, or, oh, I can help you with that. Um, shout out to Tim and Andrew from Vermont Cannabis Solutions. They, we've done a, um, before COVID, we did um, a Doobies for Boobies event for, for October um, to raise money for local breast cancer patients. And that they were great. And uh, Tim and Andrew came out and supported those. Um, we had a bunch of Vermont artists that, um, we got pieces donated from, it was just a, you know, really good event and we were really able to help people and, um, just so many people along the way that have helped us stash and stow, um, so many people, That's Tammy amazing. Baller, shout out to Tammy Baller. Um, yeah. she really helped us in donating some pieces to raffle yeah. off. And hopefully, um, you know, it, it just continues to grow. Like we- it will, it definitely will. There's no way that it can't. I mean, just with this in the beginning, I mean, I'm not going to say like I know people, but I mean, there's people who uh, who are kind of in the same realm almost who are trying to uh, do the same thing on the 
on the veteran side. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's going to be like I know with how loving or accepting Vermont is and with this been going on for so long in Vermont, like it's going to do nothing but grow. Like The cannabis know, community here is amazing. 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 I've, and that's and, – and like that's one of the reasons I started this because I'm like – all these bad drugs that people are smoking and all these great people are, you know what I'm saying, like talking about it. I mean, or or, or getting or selling it or yeah, having mean, businesses behind it. You know what I'm saying? I met somebody um, like three or four months ago who's basically doing the same thing that we're doing with the cancer patients, but he gives it to vets. He said, man, I, I grow more than I need. So I just, I give it to other veterans. There's a lot of people in the cannabis community that just want to help other people. Yeah. See, I would love to, if we can get the network set up for the VCCN with our cancer patients, it wouldn't be that hard to either A, add more, because it's my whole goal is to get every single cancer patient that wants it, cannabis. And then we start moving to regular medical patients yeah. and veterans exactly. um, and trying to work, you know, we even it out. So if there's X amount of money left, you know, we supply, we do it that way. There's, it's complicated. We still haven't been approved by the CCB. Um, we're trying to figure out the details on how to make this work um, legally and have everything traced and just, you know, and we have so many retailers that are willing to do it because what's going to happen is we're going to have to give the retailers the products Absolutely. and they're going to have to distribute it since I can't do it directly. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, w- it will be a pain in the butt for them, but literally every single one of the retailers that carry our products are 100% down. They are just, you know, and it will be pain. They're going to have to do extra transport paperwork. I mean, it'll be, I would say, close to an hour for them to deal with it. And they're just not to mention tracking it all. That's what I'm talking about. The tracking and just doing all of that will take about an hour every single time. So and they're just everyone's willing. It's amazing. The community is absolutely amazing. That's great. The amount of people willing to donate and, you know, when like I said, whether it's we do it directly or I help someone else using the same system I have. Let me figure out the kinks of the Rock Animus Care Network with cancer patients, get like a situation, how we're doing it directly, get a system going. And then we move on to the next set of people. And like I said, we can also help other people do the same thing. If that's something they're interested in doing, if we, you know, laid the groundwork for how it, you know, worked really well for us and definitely, or in other States, because of course, Virginia, you've got Philip Morris there. So lots of people with cancer. Um, I would love to be able to, you know, set something up back home now that it's legal. I would love to be able to, you know, (laughs) if I can help someone down there set up a network that's Mm -hmm. like this, um, it would be great, you be know, great. just to be able to do it or any other Continue thing. the movement. Yeah. Exactly. A fam with a plan. Well, it will be federally legal soon. Yeah, yeah that's that's how you're going to break the stigma is just to continue to open people's minds. Mm-hmm. Half of my job is education. That's great. I didn't think how hard it would be to actually give the cannabis away. Like, I thought it would be having the cannabis. Yeah. But to give it away trying to convince some of these people is really hard and it's crazy it's emotional because yeah. it's like i can't i have stuff to help them but they're not they I, I wasn't able to convince them to at least try it and it's it's hard we had somebody at the cambridge cannabis event that you met us at the barbecue this summer that um was going through cancer and we're like all right man meet us here at this time we'll bring you some chocolates and stuff to help you out he stood us up i still haven't talked to him I got his stuff sitting at the house. But. I mean, not anymore. We gave it to 
we moved it on to other patients, yeah. but the, you know, like the. But still, he wasn't. It's, it's interesting whether it's pride. You've got that yeah. aspect of it, but uh, most of it is being scared and yeah. it's right for madness. <laughs> most of it too. is right for madness. Yeah. And it's really sad because we have it to give away. It has so many benefits that you have resources for, for the patient for free. Very few doctors that can't that will disagree with the nausea aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I've never met throughout all of the oncology, uh, I guess appointments I've dealt with, um, never met a doctor that agreed that cannabis kills cancer cells. There's lots of research on it. Yeah. But the issue is, is not it's not accepted. I guess, and they could I guess get in trouble through their hospitals. They can. Yeah. You know, it's very frustrating on that aspect because we are we are just kind of guessing we've read research and we are hoping that it helps um you know actually kill the cancer cells especially for the cancers that are terminal and there's you know nothing we can do um we're hoping that we can at least prolong their life or i mean what we would do to be able to actually cure someone's cancer one of the tumors that i had they actually tried to blame a faulty mri because they didn't understand why it shrank without treatment they don't want to recognize it as as an as an actual possibility it was easier for them to say that it had to be a faulty reading and this was at dartmouth which is a rather large hospital yeah dartmouth didn't have a faulty reading well, look, now that we, you know what I'm saying, I appreciate y'all coming through. I really do. Like, it's awesome to see, like, or just have people like y'all in the community who who want to help, you know what I'm saying? Or And it's not just for the people who want to buy it. It's for actual people who need it. You know what I'm saying? It's awesome that, and that gives, and it shows that it's not just a bunch of, like, drug dealers. It's people who really... This isn't really a, a green rush thing for us at all. Exactly, it's not a green rush. It's it's it's. I'm it's not something. trying to get rich off of this. Yeah. I, this is this is a. What did I tell somebody the other day? It's it's not a, a uh, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon to yep. me. Like, exactly. I just want to give my dog a good life. That's, I, I want to be rich. I just want to give my dog a good life. <laughs> that's it. I just want to let my dog live. Well, look. Before we wrap it up, I got a couple questions. I think I already I found out the answer to one, <laughs> but uh, I like to ask my guests a couple questions just to find out who. I mean, what y'all like to smoke, you know? So, uh, blunts, wraps, or papers? I papers mean, for me. Yeah, I know. Not he doesn't blunts. even smoke papers, really. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. No, I I'm a hash head. He oh, really? really smoke for real? Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've wanted to like I mean I've I've smoked you know those before yeah but like sometimes they just whoa <laughs> just I don't, I'm not like you know you gonna go out on the party you know what I don't know how to gauge it you know yeah. what I'm saying because I'll go out like if I like I'm at work let me go out and hit this real quick yeah. let me go out and hit this joint real quick. When it vibrates again. Okay. What is it? So this is an interesting... It's a Puffco proxy. A Puffco proxy. Hey, this this thing High is so futuristic. High elevation Puffco retailer and has them. It also takes out like some of the um, the the like scared aspect. Like in, in the early 2000s, if I broke out a blowtorch and I told you we were about to smoke some weed, <laughs> you'd have been like, yeah, right, my guy. Like My best friend is the nurse. It's good to go, man. She, of course, she was in uh, school, so she did, she was in nursing school, so she stopped smoking. 
And she saw us doing that. And she was like, I feel like when you're bringing power to us <coughs> out, you've got a problem. <coughs> Start pulling down the mask. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So I explained to her that it's just like lavender oil or it's, so it's the extract of the plant. It's not that big of a deal. And now they've come out with all these amazing ways to be able to consume on the go. And, you know, you can take that to a hotel room and you're good to go. You know, it's small, tiny. You don't even need water. And it, the nice thing about those too is I feel like it's a much better alternative to like a, a, a traditional like vape cart. Like I can take the little Puffco proxy with me everywhere. It, nobody's going to know. I mean, and, and it's cheaper than, you know, like the Vermont's vape tax right now, a vape cart will cost you a hundred dollars. Uh, whoa. For, for a for, half gram. For a half gram because of the vape tax. 92% whoa, vape tax. That's crazy. So you just buy one of those and and put your shatter in it, and you're and good you're to go. Good to go, and okay. and it's just as portable. Higher elevation comes with a nice little case to carry it in. And everything. Yo, that is man. Look, <laughs> hey man, what's up with one of them? Man? <laughs> I remember I seen you with the first time, and I was like, "What is this contraption that you have?" <laughs> Futuristic, you kids what? and your toys. Are you from nineteen? <laughs> if you ever have questions about any of those, feel free to message us. Oh, We're all about awesome. education. Don't ever be like, well, what is that? Yeah. Like, and Googling it and whatnot. No, yeah. feel free to ask us. That's dope. Uh, next question. Sativas, Indicas, or Hybrids? They don't exist for I know, like. man. Chris messed that up for me. So now I got to take <laughs> that question off. So what you need to do is go to the terpene feelings. Oh. So you've got to get... Okay, hit um, them with the switch up. So... What they've realized is that the sativa indica is more about how the plant grows. So it's got like an indica leaf, completely different from a sativa leaf. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. flower time, completely different. It's more about the traits of the actual plant, yeah. whereas the effects aren't done by the terpenes. Uh, so if your strain's going to be high in limonene, you're most likely got a energizing one. Yeah, yeah. It just so happens that a lot of high in limonene strains happen to be sativa style plants yeah, yeah, yeah. um so that's where that's kind of come from okay but we've realized with all of these crosses because there's only x amount of original strains lamary strains yeah but there's so i mean there's thousands of hybrids now mm-hmm. so, i mean i wouldn't be surprised if there was over a hundred thousand if not oh there's Troy, definitely there's definitely. A, a poster there's definitely i usually have it i would have this huge poster of like just all kinds of hybrids. It's like a family tree kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just goes on every... And you could just start with like just one of like the old school strains like OG Kush. Yeah. And and there's pro- there's probably four or 5,000 strains just built off just of that, that one alone. Yeah, exactly. So it's amazing what we've been able to do with it. But yeah, it's all about the terpenes and right. the effects of those. So I got to go do some research on some yes, terpenes I, and we're going to take off the sativa. We're going to take off the sativa indica a hybrid question and add a terpene question. So all my future guests better start doing terpene investigations because I'm going to ask them. <laughs> Get it together. Yeah, you're, I'm going to ask them a terpene question. If you don't know it, I will be like, well, I learned it. Why don't you know it? <laughs> Share the information. Hell yeah. I think maybe you should include it somewhat, though, for the consumer because that's still a huge thing. And I'm trying to get education out that people are misunderstanding that it's not the sativa indica. Most would you say most companies have now I would say about 50 percent of the growers have leaned away from saying sativa indica. Mm. The reason why is because the consumer doesn't understand that. It's, and it's complicated. It's not yeah, easy. It's yeah. It's similar with the terminology with sun grown versus outdoor. Yeah. People automatically assume that 
outdoor is just low quality. Yeah, so they exactly. they change the terminology to sun grown. I you know and I, and I've said that before. Like if somebody came to me it was like, yo, I got this. Is endo for like I sell it to you for like three three twenty an ounce. Virginia but prices. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. That's probably why I got set up. I was doing it too cheap. <laughs> oh, I got these. You know what I'm saying? Hundred and fifty dollar outdoor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and really, it's not. It's not. It's, it it is a visually different piece but it's 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 just if, if if it's a good grower it's not that different it's not yeah and that's and a that's, lot of crappy the, the light deprivation it's a lot of his product yep. looked like endo yep. <laughs> it was, it was yep. crazy there's yeah, a lot of controversy the, over the, like that. The bad outdoor I like to refer to as uncle weed. It just looks like somebody's uncle like, weed. yeah, it's, it's just something that somebody's uncle grew and yeah, like yeah. Didn't, didn't take care of it. It's and all, they didn't cure it. It's not yeah. trimmed. It all kind of smells like their basement. Like, I learned about <laughs> farmer's cure. Yeah. Farmer's cure. I mean, a farmer's trim. <laughs> yeah. Because I went, the plants that I grew, I trimmed them, and I was like, man, that's still sugar leaf right there. I'm keeping that. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> yep. And then they showed how it looks versus a product that you're like a seller's product. Yep. I yep. was like, oh, okay. a retail, yeah. Yeah, that's me right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, and my last question uh, bongs, concentrates, or edibles? I got to pick one. Yeah, we got I to mean, come on, man. No, I, you, I just, you can, concentrates. You already know. I, yeah, I just said I'm an ash head. Yeah. <laughs> you the ash man. We do love our edibles. But yeah, and y'all y'all pulled up with a gang of edibles. That's <laughs> that's awesome. And thank y'all for that. You're I greatly welcome. appreciate that. I hope you enjoy them. I, I do. I'm not I'm not scared of them, but sometimes you forget that you're eating edibles. Well, and the dosing. Yes. And and the dosing. We're like in your experience, where were you getting the edibles from? Like, have you been trying since the legal market started or was this before? This was before. Yeah. When I was just, it's hey, wild, wild I, hey, I made these brownies right here. Yeah, dude's like, here's yeah. a cookie. Hey, How so, strong is it? And they're so like, I don't look, know, eat it. Check this out. They gave me, I was, I, this job I was working at, they gave me two cookies and I ate one as soon as I got there and I felt nothing. And I ate the second one and I still didn't feel nothing. And I was like, man, these edibles is weak. Well, then a guy came back like a week later. And he was like, hey, I got these brownies. And I was like. Oh, this guy again. <laughs> but this brownie was like this big. I swear to God. And I ate it. I was like, that little ass brownie ain't going to do nothing. Man, about halfway through shift, I was holding on to shit. I was like, man, what the hell? He was like, they were good, weren't they? And I was like, Jesus. What were you trying to do to me? That was, look, I had to white knuckle at home. It's <laughs> <laughs> not safe. It's not safe, exactly. It's, and it's not fair. It's ugh, a mess. And even the like ones that were, like, have you seen the Stoner Patch Kids? Yeah. The, the ones that are in like the fancy and packaging. The, yeah, yeah. So we actually got those tested. And tell me about um, it. It's on our. It's is it on my personal page? It might be on our page, and if not, uh, if you remind me, I'll send it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was I think twenty four twenty four milligrams when they were supposed to be fifty. Like, you know what's crazy? So I had I had somebody who said I got some from somebody like a long time ago, and. I was starting to hear about the fentanyl. That's when I ain't gonna say it, fentanyl first, you know, popped off, but it was like around the time when, you know, and then I started seeing that they was putting them in edibles and the Stoner Patch kids was one of the ones. And I was like, I don't even want to try them. You know what I'm saying? So these edibles that I had 
the people made them. And I know they don't know how much they putting in there. Yeah, they they just know how to make them, how to get. They know how to get from A to B to C. They don't know nothing about what they're doing. In between, you know? yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's definitely a lot that goes into it. Uh, but yeah. safe dosing. So yeah. all of those are very accurately dosed. Yeah. So I would definitely start it. I know it sounds bad, but start at like five milligrams. Do yeah. it, you know, and then three hours later. Well, how I always thought it was was because I, I smoke flour a lot. So I thought that maybe... Because I consume, my tolerance was higher. So I was like, maybe edibles don't hit me like that. Maybe I do got to eat 500 milligrams just to feel it. You know what I'm when saying? When you consume, how much flour do you consume? Uh, it's hard to say. I've would never. You say half gram, <laughs> gram? Uh, yeah, I, I would say a lot. I mean, I smoke one of these, one to two of these a day, not myself, like between me and my wife. And so, like, would you say in a setting? So that, a quarter of that? Yeah. Okay, so that would be roughly, that looks roughly around a 1.5 gram blunt. Okay. Um, So that would be, what, like 0.3 or 0.4. Yeah. So, for example, if the flour was 20% THC, uh-huh. you'd be consuming, what is that? Um, Oh, I can't do math right now. What am I thinking? Because <laughs> I'm trying to think... Um, I would start, if that's what you're consuming, I would start at five milligrams. And okay. Go. Just build it, it from that way. And yeah. it's a lot easier. Like the, the worst thing to do with edibles is be like, I think I can do 200 because guess what? <laughs> hey, that's what I'd be thinking. It's, too. it's a lot easier to do like 20 at a time and be like, all right, this is good. And then take a little bit more and then take a little bit more yeah. than it is to, because once you've taken 200 milligrams, you're there. Yeah, you yeah, bought the yeah. ticket. You're taking the ride either way. Hey, this ain't the plane. You know, this is how the, you know, the plane taking off. This is a rocket ship. Yeah. Buckle up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, look, I greatly appreciate y'all coming through. Thank you for having us. With the, with the. Lovely uh, weather. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's toning down, I guess, but uh, I really do. I'm glad I had y'all over and I'm glad that y'all even exist in this world and the cannabis community just to even have that thought process to put behind, you know what I'm saying? So, Hey, thank y'all for pulling no. up. You know if there's any cancer patients listening or family members, please reach out to us. Um, we're trying to work with the CCB right now. We do still have our own home grow, so we're able to um, give out what we can um, of what we've got um, and the pe- what people have donated, like small quantities here and there. Um, but we will be hopefully up and going very soon. Um, I'm working with Carrie on the compliance board, um, trying to get the proposal approved and whatnot. So. Yeah. Um, either way, reach out to us and we'll see what you, we can do. Tell them where to find you at. Um, you can go to highly-rooted.com um, and you can shoot me. A, there's a contact us section. Just fill that out and I'll give you a call or an email. Just let me know whether you want to call or an email and we'll get you situated. It's highly-rooted.com. Yeah. yeah, and on Instagram. Um, it's What is it? Highly Rooted Vermont. Highly Rooted But if you Vermont. Google Highly Rooted, we come up. Y'all going to pull up. Yeah, gonna, it'll yeah, come up. Yeah. Well, look, once again, thank y'all for coming out. Thanks for having us. I appreciate us. it. And once again, y'all can find me on Instagram, Cannabis Podcast. This is Chris, Highly Rooted. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Y'all stay blazing and stay amazing. And we out.